Hey, what's up? It's another episode of Film Streak. My name is Rob, and with every episode here, you know what it is. I go back and I talk about some new movies that I've watched. And these aren't always new releases, but they're new movies to me. And at this point, I you know, I th- I think I've lost count. I I know I've I've said I try to keep track of how many movies I've watched and I've got a whole list on IMDb of every film I've talked about here, but that's what a roughly we're getting up to 250 now. Uh, I'm talking about a few thousand at least um, before that. So uh, yeah, it's a lot of films. And one of the things that uh, you know, I, I went back and updated my letterbox account and just added a bunch of uh, films to that. I, I don't know. I, does anybody find that useful? Letterboxed? Is that a cool thing? Is that kind of done? Are people still just hanging on to it? I don't know. I, I'm there. You can look me up if you want. I'll put a link in uh, on filmstreak.com if you want to see what uh, what films I have there. Maybe connect or whatever. I don't know. I don't even really know how it works, honestly. Um, social network for movie nerds, I guess. Right? So... I, that is what it is. Uh, but the idea being, I, I do watch a lot of films. Some of the films I've talked about, I mean, I'll talk about the new films that I've watched, but there are also films that I've seen before that I'll go back and watch again. You know, I talked about the latest Scream film. I did go back and watch the previous films in the series before that. Same thing with John Wick. Same thing with some of the sequels where I go back and I watch, if I have the time, if I am so inclined. Uh, I go back and watch the previous episodes or installments or whatever you call them just to make sure that I'm really having the right understanding. You know, that's, that's a big part of just doing this in general is I'm watching films to maybe have a, a better appreciation, a better understanding of what the stories are, what the filmmakers are trying to say. And uh, so that's, that's part of the exercise sometimes is you got to refresh yourself. You got to stay up to date. So I I do want to do some more of like sequels and series or franchises that I've never watched. So that's something I I have in mind. I don't know when I get to that because that is kind of a big commitment for something you're not really up on, but we'll see. In the meantime, let's get to uh, this episode. You know, I, I talked a lot about Korean films and um, I'm, you know, my apologies for whoever's name or whoever's uh, role I screwed up in those. Uh, I tried my best. Uh, I do want to do some more. I found a lot of films that are really interesting looking and very, um, I'm excited to kind of dip back into that and see some more of that world and some more of that point of view. And uh, so that'll be coming someday. But I did want to put the brakes on that for a little while. And maybe catch up with some newer stuff. Specifically, I want to talk about some Apple films. And what I mean by that is, you know, Apple has this streaming service, Apple TV Plus, which uh, has a lot of their original series and some original films. And for the most part, from what I can tell, uh, their films just haven't really been doing it. Now, I know they've got some big hitters in the mix and they did win best picture. Uh, was it a couple years ago now with Coda? So that speaks to the 
type of quality I think that we're looking at, but the hit rate is really low. I feel like, you know, I, I just feel like uh, for one best picture winner, you've got maybe a couple more that are standouts and the rest are really just kind of subpar. And I don't mean subpar in terms of the quality. I just mean in terms of the, uh, the visibility, the, the profile, you know, that a lot of the films that they're making, I don't feel like people know about them or and maybe it's just because people don't subscribe to Apple TV plus, you know, I'm sure that's part of the, the struggle in having the streaming service is you can put together original content, but if nobody's signed up for it, who's going to see it. So, um, that's something that is interesting to me for two reasons. One of them being, I am pretty much a lifelong Apple user. And there have been times when it's been hard to be that. Uh, but here in the last now 20 years or so, it's been pretty magnificent. Um, Apple has really changed a lot about the way people use technology and computers and devices and all that, even the culture around it. And so I'm very happy to have kind of been along for that ride. But previous to that, in the 80s and 90s, it was a real roller coaster, right? So to me, it's interesting to see that this company that has built its business on computers and technology and software um, has now branched into not only music, but also now movies and creating original content and on par with legendary major Hollywood studios. And so you would think, well, you just throw enough money at the situation and you'll come out with something great. And maybe so, but here, I think the results don't really prove that out. So here's where I, I want to look at a couple of films that, uh, that have come out recently that are on the Apple TV plus roster and let's talk about the quality there. And let's talk about maybe where things are going. Okay, so here we go. Film Streak 247, Ghosted. Her name is Sadie. I think she might be the one. Any word? She ghosted him. Show up! Surprise her! I know this looks bad. Who are you? My God, you're a spy! Get every bounty hunter. I want her alive. Are you ready? Wait, what? No, I'm not. I'm definitely not. Ghosted, now streaming on Apple TV+. Now, let me just say, uh, this is a pretty recent release. As a matter of fact, as I'm recording this, I think this just came out last week. And it's an interesting idea. I'll give it that. The premise is a nice twist on maybe a conventional action movie, romantic comedy story. But I think there are a couple of problems with the film that are really hard to get past. And they're maybe not the most obvious. Um, one of them, one of the things is, before that, though, let me get into kind of what the setup is here, you know, and, and you can hear by the trailer, it's uh, starts off with a guy named Cole. He meets this woman named Sadie, and it's not quite a, a meet cute situation. It is a little bit. They, they got to find each other's wavelength uh, as it happens, but 
they do connect, they do find this bond, this, they start this relationship, and it seems great. And then she just leaves and ghosts him, really. And so I think that's already set up enough for a romantic comedy in, in a more traditional sense. The nice thing is that this really twists all of that into him going to find her and just surprise her. And turns out he catches up with her in the middle of some kind of super secret spy mission. And now he's along for the ride and he's a fish out of water. And he's the one that's really um, struggling to prove himself or to become a, a better, let's say a better person than maybe he thought he was. And these two actors, Chris Evans and Anna de Armas, they are very charismatic. They're very, um, they're very fun to watch. And there is some chemistry to what's going on here, but I don't know. I, I just have a real hard time with the dynamic of who's in charge and who looks like they're in charge. You know what I mean? Of, of any given scene or, or moment. And I think part of that is because the second reason that this film, I think, just doesn't work is, I don't know, it just feels too, um, it feels too clean. You know, it feels very special effects-y, you know, if that's a, if that's a thing. I just made it up probably. But there's a lot of, I feel like, unnecessary CGI I feel like there's a lot of, you know, it's, it's one of those things where if you hear people talk about how to use, uh, let's say special effects or visual effects in a film, when it can be overdone, when it can be just something that distracts you and takes you out of the moment, this is the film. This is that kind of film. Now there are other films that have come out that there's plenty of, special effects and and visual effects being done, a lot of CGI, but it's so nuanced and so subtle and you, you wouldn't even notice it. It, This is clearly leaning into, if we want to put it into a camp, uh, this is leaning far into the, uh, let's say like fast and furious world of special effects where things are so over the top ridiculous because we want to see the actor actually jumping off of the thing and landing on the thing and hanging down from the thing or whatever it is that it's obviously not real. Uh, There's just something about it. It's just automatically our eyes just know it's fake and versus something that's maybe more grounded, more practical. Um, I mean, you could even say the other side of that, the other camp maybe is something like John Wick. This movie is just in the other direction of all the action that happens here. It's, it's just, um, it's just tainted is tinged with this artificiality that it breaks the whole momentum. It breaks the whole, uh, you know, the, the emotional connection you have to these characters in this moment, because you're like, Oh, but they're not actually doing this. It's not actually real. So the peril is just taken way down. It's like low stakes when you really come down to it. So I don't know. Maybe that's just me just seeing through so much of it now. Uh, you know, maybe if you're not familiar with movies and, and you don't really watch a lot of action movies or 
this kind of a style of movie, this may just seem fine. And, and, you know, and that way it reminds me of, um, this is a film I talked about, uh, way back now, uh, several, many episodes ago. Um, the three, five, five, is that what it was? Or the three, three, five. I don't remember the one with, uh, uh, Jessica Chastain and, and, um, the all female cast, which was a great idea, but the action in it, the, the, um, the style of filmmaking there, it just felt like it was made by someone who doesn't really watch action films and doesn't really know how intense and how far you have to push it to make an impression, but also to feel legit, you know? So in that way, this film comes off really kind of soft. It it feels like it pulls a lot of punches. It doesn't really have a lot of impact. And, you know, even to the point where like some of the moments that aren't even action scenes, some of the more dramatic or, or even comedic parts of the film, they just feel kind of bland and, and, and artificial. And, you know, the, the, the moments when we see these two characters meet, it seems like there's something there. Like maybe there was something there on the page. And these two actors can clearly bring that kind of energy and that kind of chemistry to things. But everything around them, just the the other actors, the settings, everything was geared to make them look good or make their story work. And even when things move from America where they meet and we go to London and things, the story really starts to pick up and things start to get into motion. It actually goes in the other direction where it doesn't feel as fake, but now it just feels over the top. And if you've got like Tim Blake Nelson and Adrian Brody, I, I don't know what they're doing in this movie. They're like total cartoons. And I guess that's the idea. But at the same time, it's, it's just, uh, uh, I don't know, it's distracting. It just feels a little strange to see these so many of these people. And look, even all the cameos, there's a ton of cameos in this film and big names. And I guess because, uh, look, I mean, there's, you can feel like um, there's a lot of Marvel pull somehow. The energy is there. It's like Anthony Mackie's in this, Sebastian Stan, uh, Ryan Reynolds. Uh, I, there's a ton of other people in this film. And they show up for just one scene or even just one one shot. And I, I think it's enough where you could say, oh, you know, everybody looked like they at least had fun making the film. And maybe that's true, but if it doesn't come out to be actually entertaining, uh, what am I watching? This film really just doesn't have much edge to it, you know? And I think this is a story and a premise that definitely has some edge. And it could have been played more in that direction, but it's actually played really kind of soft. I don't know. I'd almost like a (laughs) do-over. Can we get a do-over? Because this film, I I really wanted to, I, I wanted to enjoy this. And I felt excited that this was going to be a thing. But uh, it just, just didn't really hit for me, you know? It just didn't really work. So, oh, well. Sorry, Ghosted. You were, uh, you were a nice idea, but didn't really work out so much, huh? All right. Let's keep it moving. <clears throat> okay, next up now. Film Streak 248, Tetris. I played Tetris for five minutes. 
I still see falling blocks in my dreams. It's called the Game Boy. Package it with Tetris. Can you get us the rights? I'm gonna go to Moscow. Nothing gets out easily. You want to play with the big boys? The Soviet Union is about to implode. This is insane. Go home! The cavalry is coming. We don't have time. I have a plan. All right. So this um, this is another film that as soon as I saw a trailer for it, as soon as I heard the premise of it, I was in. Strangely, I didn't know I wanted to see this story. But once I saw that it was being made into a film, yeah, how come nobody has told this story yet? The story of how Tetris, the insanely popular uh, fundamental video game for the ages, how did that come to be? And yet it's not like a documentary. It's not purely like just historical uh, reenactment of things. It is a drama. And it does have even some comedy and some some moments of, of real intrigue and suspense. I think we have a really good attempt at doing this. It maybe has some elements that are a little bit less than desired, but for the most part, I think it really it lands it. You know, it really hits the target that it was going for. And if it's anything you're interested in. Uh, you know, it does also give us a little bit of a glimpse backwards into, you know, the mid to late eighties and how this all played out against the backdrop in the Soviet union. Um, it gives us a lot of the music. Uh, there's even some, the pixel art style of some of the transitions and some of the, uh, titles, I thought it was just enough touches that it reminded us, kept us in that frame of mind. Like we're watching something that played out, what, 40 years ago? You know, the only thing I would say is you have this main character here who is uh, Taryn Egerton, who who I'm really amazed at the range of characters that he's played now over, you know, his career so far. I mean, starting, I first saw him in... I think it was the Kingsman and yet, you know, he's done all, he's played Elton John, which uh, was a pretty substantial role. Right. Um, But here, I mean, he's playing something that's very different and yet he has to have that salesmanship. He has to have that presentation to, to really get this thing to work, to make this deal happen. And it's not like playing someone who's um, a swindler or a thief or something like that, like a con man, even though there are like shades of it in here, but it really is a, a someone who's trying to make this thing happen because he's trying to, well, he's trying to make some money. He's trying to provide for his family, but also he believes in the thing. And it's a real interesting spin on this, this type of a story. Cause I think most times you would see this character going through these motions in order to hit a big payday or land a big score. And so this at least feels like it has a little more earnestness. It feels it has a, a, it feels like it has a little more sincerity. So I was actually pretty, pretty pleased with the way this came out. I, you know, I, I like the style of it. I like the, the momentum that it has. It doesn't really kind of fall apart in terms of, you know, getting stuck on certain scenes or certain, plot points. I mean, it really does kind of move at a crisp pace. 
You know, the other thing I would really kind of have an issue with is towards the end of the film, there is a moment where it feels a little bit um, amped up in terms of there's a, a chase scene as they're trying to get out of the Soviet Union once this contract is signed and once this agreement is in place. And now they've got to basically race against the clock to get to this airport, to get on a plane. And there's one or two minutes where there's a car chase and it feels entirely out of place. One, in terms of the style of the way it's shot and the editing, but also there's a lot of CGI, and then it does kind of go into video game style. And I just thought, oh man, I I really, that took me out of the film. Otherwise, I thought all around it was pretty evenly put together and and actually really compelling, much more than I would have expected, you know? I like the idea of this story. I just didn't know how they were going to pull this off because how do you make this story of a video game coming to the world stage? How do you make that interesting? And even with the car chase aside, I think there was plenty here to show all the players, all of the countries, all of the politics, all of the business, uh, all the scheming that, it, it tells the story in a, in a pretty compelling way. So um, I, I, I'm, I'm happy with it. I, I like this one. I would recommend it, especially if you're a fan of video games and you have an interest in the history of video games and how things played out over the years and who does what and who's responsible for what happened today. Because this also goes into how Nintendo is part of the fold and how, you know, the British media is part of the fold. And so it, it really gives us a, a, a bigger, broader picture of everything. So that's a recommendation, again, only on Apple TV+. And here we are, Filmstreak 249, Sharper. Sir, the police are here. Police? Detective, can we talk about this? I'm going to pay you for your time. Stop. He's not a cop. This is what my son does. He plays these games. All that work for $1,000. If you're going to steal, steal a lot. What are you doing here? Just wanted to say hi. Have a good time. All right, cool. See you around, Dad. I always assumed my son would inherit all this. He doesn't have the fortitude. He's weak. You like him a little bit. Of course I like him. He's a billionaire. We're celebrating. What exactly are we celebrating? Billions of dollars. Roll up your sleeves. Trust me. You can't cheat an honest man. That's why we never feel sorry for the mark. I really like you. I really like you too. You lied to me. We're all human. Just doing the best we can. You cause your mother anguish. And I will not have it. She wants me gone. How do you think it's been? Not well.
did you tell him? I'm gonna take a billion dollars and aim it in your direction. Is this real? This is real. How can I be sure? Okay, so look, if you see that trailer, just know, and and maybe just by hearing it, it's not clear what exactly or who exactly is is doing what. And that's okay, because watching that trailer again, after having seen the movie now, that trailer doesn't really make sense. And I feel like, here's the thing. So this film is very unique in terms of its structure, in terms of what or how the characters relate to each other. If you watch that trailer and you just take it at face value of these are things that are being said to a certain character at a certain moment, uh, you're going to get confused and it's not even maybe going to make sense. So I just think maybe that's just the nature of this movie is really kind of hard to put into a box and of course, by marketing and, and making a trailer about it, you kind of have to do that. You have to be able to sum it up in some way, right? That trailer doesn't work. So maybe don't go by that. Go into the film as clean as you can, as free of any expectations, and just go with the story. Because this film is very unique in terms of its structure and its plot, but also who the characters are. And... um I would say the less you know, the better, because that's part of the trick of this film is it's revealing things character by character. And yet you can't know, you can't be ahead of this film. If you are ahead of the film, well, good for you. But if you're not, I think that's the ideal way to watch it. And so how do I talk about the plot here without giving any of that away? Basically, this is a, a a film about. See, see. As soon as I tell you what it's really about, you're going to understand so much of the movie now. <laughs> I don't want you to understand this movie. I don't want you to know anything about it. I just want you to watch it because I think it's really great. The other thing about that trailer now is, if you just look at it, you can see like this is like really well put together. It's stylish. It's got this beautiful cinematography to it. It's got this real kind of tone that uh, really lines up with the plot um, and what these characters are doing. And yet that's kind of hard to recognize until you see the story. So um, gosh, how can I really talk about this? Here's what I'll say. All the actors in this film do really great work. All the performances, you know, even, you know, there's a, there's a, a young actress in this, uh, Brianna Middleton, who I haven't seen in anything before, but for most of the film, ah, uh, let me see. How can I say this? Just for argument's sake, let's just call her the main character of the film. And she's one of the first people we see we're introduced to. And, um, now, I, I like I said, I haven't seen her in anything else, but she's also in scenes with Julianne Moore, 
Justice Smith, Sebastian Stan, John Lithgow. And it's, um, I'm really impressed. This is another face that I want to see more of what she's going to do because not only does she hold her own, but she really pulls the story in her direction. And without telling you about the story, um, I'll just say that's a pretty substantial accomplishment. And so everyone here is really bringing some game to the, to the proceedings, but uh, without telling you who is doing what, oh man, I look, I just want you to watch this film and know this. Okay. Here's what I can tell you, I guess that is something of a recommendation or something of an idea of what this film is about. It is about someone trying to pull the wool over someone else's eyes. You know, it is about someone trying to scam someone else. And you kind of get that from the trailer, I think. Uh, there's some money involved and there's some relationships involved. And uh, I just, I can't tell you who and, and how, because that would really tip the whole hand of the movie. And now you're going to curse me for telling you exactly what's about to happen. Even though I don't really tell you much because everything rides a line in this movie. It's like, is this this or is this that? Like the line in the trailer, is this real? There's a part of that element to this whole story. So all I can really say is a recommendation for sure. Please go watch it. Um, this was uh, something that, as I saw like the trailer of it, and I, I, I don't really know I don't really know if I understand what this film is about. And because I wanted to talk about Apple films and what's most recent, well, this is recent. This just came out in February. And uh, I figured, well, all right, I'll throw it in the mix. Turns out, maybe it's not the most highest profile. It's not the most um, flashy, but it is probably the best of the films that I've talked about in this episode, I think. Uh I think it takes its time. It really kind of lets it simmer until the moments when it really has to say, ha, look at what happened now. But you've got to be patient. You've got to just really kind of go with it and let it play out. And I think you'll be rewarded by the end result in terms of, oh, wow, they really pulled that off. Like that doesn't seem like the type of film you could really make these days because I feel like we've seen a lot of this uh, like sleight of hand before but uh this one i think personally really did it for me so it's a recommendation for sure uh that's sharper um i'm interested to see more of what the the, the director here benjamin karen i haven't I, I don't recognize the name but looking up you know his imdb he's clearly done episodes of andor episodes of the crown of uh, sherlock uh, so I, I like the idea of like this guy doing some more feature work like this and some really interesting kind of twisty, uh, stories. So all around a recommendation, check that one out on Apple TV plus. All right. So, hi, uh, you know, those are the films I wanted to talk about. There are probably others, um, coming soon. A matter of fact, there are definitely others coming soon. I just saw as I'm recording this, uh, a couple of days ago, I think, uh, CinemaCon happened, which is um, 
a, a, basically an industry event based in Las Vegas that uh, showcases or highlights a lot of coming films for the for the upcoming year. And there were some big films that uh, a lot of big films that got a lot of notice. Uh, got some of the industry people really excited about what's coming up and how this can affect not only like theatrical box office uh, results and, and kind of forecasts for the year, but also we're talking about like awards season later in the year, like where these things are really going to fall in and who's going to have a presence. And two of the films that I'm very excited about had uh, a, a pretty good showing there. And one of those is Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon, and that's starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Robert De Niro, and it's a Western, which is really just a, a, a strange but exciting idea of this filmmaker with these actors, with this genre. And what is that going to be? And uh, from what I understand, it's a monster. It's like three and a half hours long, which I'll take it, you know? Scorsese knows how to work in that space of the really long film and make it not feel so long. You know, I mean, look, you think of something like Casino, which was probably about that long, about three hours, right? Uh, you think of something like Wolf of Wall Street. You think of The Irishman. I mean, he's he's comfortable with that type of film, telling that kind of story that takes time, needs that big of a canvas, and makes it work. And so here is a new one, and it's going to be coming to Apple TV Plus later this year. So I'm very excited about that. I was glad to see that it got good reaction. People seem to be very impressed by what they saw, which is cool. Um, the other is also another monster by Ridley Scott, his Napoleon film with uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Um, I'm, I don't really know much else about that other than it is supposed to be also another big epic, um, but I, Ridley Scott is enough of a name for me. You got me. I'm there. And that's also coming to Apple TV+. Plus. So I feel like here we are, we're seeing maybe the evolution of this streamer and the types of content they're putting together. They're maybe going for low-hanging fruit, easy stuff to put together uh, in the last couple of years. And part of that might have even been like, you know, pandemic related of like, Hey, we can't really get some of these productions off the ground in the right way, or we're doing what we can. Everybody had to deal with that. But here we're seeing maybe now we're getting into big real showcase territory. And so I'm excited for that. I'm excited to see that come to Apple TV plus just because I want to see, I want to see that streamer be a success and be a real player in this space because I think Apple TV doesn't really have maybe the base, like the subscriber base, right? It doesn't have as many users, maybe. But their investment in it is not for the content and not for box office. Their investment is for market share. And I think if that's what they're going for, they're going to really push the envelope. Now, I feel like they've really done that with series. And some of the series they've done have been great. Some of them, not so much. But at least they're really pushing it there. And so I, I'm interested to see what happens. That's, that's the main thing. So, all right, that's enough about that. I, <laughs> you probably don't care about that. We're here to talk about movies, right? So with that said, hey, thanks for checking this out. 
Thanks for giving it a listen. If you want to hear some other episodes, you want to subscribe, go to filmstreak.com. If you have some thoughts on these films or any of the other episodes, you can leave a comment there on, on each episode, or you can send an email to comments at filmstreak.com. Um, in the meantime, hey, I'm just going to hang out. I'm going to watch some new movies, and we'll see you around.